Okay, welcome back to Goonies World. I am Goonie, also known as Colin, and Happy New Year. And I'm joined by Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Yes, Happy New Year. It's got to be better than the last year. We'll see about that. And Meanie, also known as Ryan. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, what are we going to play today, Sean? Well, we're going to play GURPS, GURPS Ice Age, to be specific. And GURPS is a system that Ryan and I both used to play a long, long time ago. I don't think I've really played it in, what, 15 or 20 years. (laughs) Um, But I was much enamored with it back in the day. And it's a little rusty, but uh, we'll see if it comes back to us. But yes, we are going back far, far into the past, into the Ice Age. The GURPS Ice Age. The GURPS Ice Age, which is slightly more gameable than the real Ice Age. There's a lot more cr- critical failures, I think, in the real Ice Age. You're probably right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a miracle that we live in this age at all. There's so many critical failures back then. Hopefully we will not have too many critical failures in uh, this session. One thing I've always liked about GURPS, by the way, just as a complete random side note. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, a critical failure uh, is when your dice come up 666. <laughs> yes, that is interesting. I don't know that I ever quite thought of that. Yeah. And the, the critical failures and success rules are actually somewhat more nuanced than in games we're used to, but we'll, we'll get into that later if we have to and if we remember. Uh, with the, you know, GURPS purists may realize we're forgetting a rule here and there, but our primary goal is to role play and have fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I haven't played GURPS. I literally, I mean, we play. I played it all the time when I was like, you know, thirteen, fourteen. But I haven't played it since. So yeah, we are playing the third edition revised. By the way, I have not even seen fourth edition. I know it's into a fourth edition now, and good for them. But uh, I have about thirty-seven, you know, second and third edition old school GURPS books. And now, all, that, all that stuff is basically, from what I understand, pretty much carries over to fourth edition like all those source books oh i'm sure most of it would that most of the group source books would carry over to anything and that's why i like them that's true good point yeah. great little textbooks for gamers you know all about japan from the gamers point of view or all about the ice age from the gamers point of view but enough uh praising steve jackson we'll jump straight back to the ice age and it is a world of Tall pine forests, the world you live in. Tall pine forests, uh, spruce, fir trees, very heavy carpets of moss underneath the trees, very primeval, lots of huge ferns, and uh, huge rocks everywhere too, giant boulders uh, due to retreating glaciers over the last thousand years. And between all these forests are plains with wild oats and alfalfa and Lots of little icy streams and rivers. Climate's pretty cool. Lots of salmon and pike in the rivers to eat, and wildflowers just everywhere. And speaking of things to eat, the wilderness just teems with it. It's a challenging, dangerous time to live, but at least where you live, it might as well be a great buffet out there. There are vast herds of reindeer out on the plains, and horses, and aurochs, and mammoth, ibex. And of course, then you've got your your lone animals too, like the big woolly rhino or the cave bear. And predators, of course, 
uh, who can who can kill you if they wish would be a cave lion or uh, the much feared saber tooth cat. And of course, there's lots of smaller game too. You know, just animals we're familiar with today, like rabbits and ground squirrels and things like that. A lot of marmots. Anyway, you belong to a group of people called the real people. That's what you call yourselves. You're the real people. And both of you guys, even though you look distinct, just like, you know, we look distinct among ourselves now, nevertheless, you have certain characteristics in common. Both of you guys are relatively short compared to today, and you kind of have a bow-legged walk. Your forehead sharp slopes really sharply backwards, and you've got heavy eyebrow ridges above your eyes and almost no chins. And you talk, but you're going to be... When you talk tonight when you're role-playing, it's really more of an approximation. You probably have a very limited dialect in terms of vocabulary, but a fairly rich gesture-based language as well. So when you're talking tonight, it's representing gestures and you know various simple words. You all belong to a clan of the real people called the Clan of the Owl. The Owl is the totem of your people for whatever reason. And the spirit of the Owl guides you you live together, several dozen people in this great big large cave. There's a waterfall nearby. It's a really choice spot because there's a big cave with several sort of rooms within it that give various different families plenty of rooms for their individual hearths. And there's a waterfall nearby. So there's this constant uh, supply of fresh, clean water. And there's a forest near. There's plains to the south and mountains to the north of you. And uh, most of those mountains have big glaciers. But the winters have been getting shorter, or so says the grandfather who runs your clan. And snows are retreating further up the mountains. And the flat-faced people have been moving up from the south. You've never seen them before, but you've heard about them. They're flat-faced, and they, uh, they live around these lands, around this hot sea. And... You've heard stories of them. They come up, they're coming up further and further into the north, into the, the lands of the real people. But tonight, you're probably not thinking about that. You're probably thinking about the delicious Orok that is cooking. The hunters, the great hunter Nolar, who's sort of one of the one of the chief men in your clan. He's not the leader, but he, he's an up-and-comer. He's killed this Orok, and everyone's very proud of him. And they're cooking it right now. Twilight has fallen, so the sky is dusky and purple. And everyone's lining up to get a bit of their, their uh, Oroch meat. And the women have actually put together a pretty delicious salad. And uh, even, even a little seasonings. The people of the clan uh, have a fairly sophisticated palate. But as you guys are getting up in line, the grandfather puts up his hand. No, you two shall eat last. The grandfather, of course, is the spiritual leader of the clan. He's very, very old, ancient. He's probably like 27. And uh, and yet, and everyone turns to look at you. And uh, Ryan, uh, your character, you're pronouncing his name Gagalk. Is that right? Gagalk, yes. I like to think that he's, uh, <clears throat> he's a, a very early um, ancestor of, of Gary Gygax. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it, okay. All right, and uh, and Colin, your character is Doof. Me Doof. Yes, and uh, Gagok 
and Doof. You have greatly angered the Sky Father and the Earth Mother, the Grandfather says, and everyone's watching you. Dozens of people, they're all staring. Doof, you fell asleep on watch. You let the fire go out. Do you remember? And you drank the sacred paint made from berries, and in your confusion you spit it on the wall, thus ruining the magic painting. It is a great shame to the clan, and Gagok, your clever tongue has made unfair trades, and tricked Nolar's woman into sleeping with you. Now Nolar cannot know if his sons are really his. In these things you have angered the gods, and therefore you shall eat last. Unless you can give good account for yourselves, what say you, Gagalk? But I want to eat now. You will eat later when you have proven that you are a good member of the clan. It is not my fault that that woman is a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have an equivalent word for Some it. kind of word, right. And then you, Doof. Me, Doof. Yes, I know you are Doof. We all know you are Doof. What what can you pause what reason could you have for eating first in line? Me me very, very, very hungry. Both of you are a great disappointment to the clan. And you shall eat last after all of your brothers and sisters. Meat rocks. <laughs> I seen him do it. He <laughs> wouldn't <eat> rocks. <laughs> A couple people nod sadly. Yeah, he's right. You're not wrong, says one caveman. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you're forced to eat last throughout the meal, and this is, you know, the lowest status person eats last. But it should be apparent to our listeners by now that you guys are not like the choice members of this clan. And why don't you just take a few minutes to describe yourselves a little more on how you see yourself? Uh, uh, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Doof? We can guess a lot about Doof just from his name. Yeah, name. I mean, I I went with the, the standard uh, model of caveman, the stereotypical look. Um, you know, he looks he's he's big. He's got the, I think his brow is probably the biggest in the clan. I would, I would guess, um, and the you know most sloping. And uh, got a big nose, and uh, yeah, you, you know, he looks like he sounds, and he's got like a stupid. Uh, I picture him as like having a stupid uh, bowl type haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I can perfectly see that. Like yeah. a Mo Howard type thing, or <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> that's, that's him. And, uh, Gagalk, tell us a little bit more about, uh, yourself, Gagalk. Obviously, <clears throat> fairly short dude. Um, uh, I'm gonna guess, you know, five foot two-ish. Um, but muscular. Uh, very muscular. Um, but, uh, he's got, like, a kind of a wild, unkempt haircut. But it's, but, and it's kind of just almost, uh... It's almost like Bozo the Clown, red, <laughs> and and it's almost that same style too because the top he's like going bald on the top of his head, <laughs> but the, this, the rest of it is kind of rings around, and he yeah. does have like a wispy beard, so it I'm, wispy red beard, and so it almost looks like 
his head is just in, encircled by this wispy red hair completely because he's, it, it's down the sides of his face, right? And and under the bottom of his chin, but he doesn't have a mustache or like a stole patch or anything. It's just like... It's like just, a lion's uh, mane. Yeah, exactly. Almost exactly like a lion's mane. And he too has like a, a large sort of bulbous nose um, and kind of... Uh, uh, he... he his eyes are kind of uh, squinty. He kind of squints all the time. Um, but there's just some glint of intelligence. Like he's like he's just smarter than most of these other people. Yeah, he must be to be able to talk Nolar's wife into sleeping with him after hearing about you. Because as you glance through the firelight over at Nolar, you know, being congratulated by everyone for his fine kill, he's a he's a exactly what. Uh, you guys aren't, you know. He's he's lean and tall, and uh, he's a, a real hero. But just then, you guys are... The whole feast is interrupted as a fireball streaks across the sky from north to south. The whole scene lights up almost as bright as day for a few seconds. There's not even any screaming. Everyone's so shocked as you look up, and this literal fireball just tears to the sky and roars into the south. In fact, you don't hear it until a little bit later. And there's a, a great uh, thundering in the south. And then the clan starts uh, leaping up and down and uh, shouting in confusion. And finally, the you've never seen anything like this, but the grandfather finally, finally raises his hands and finally gets everyone under control. He goes, this has happened before. My grandfather told me. He was old, old beyond reckoning, when he had no teeth, and we had to chew his food for him in the back of the cave. A fireball from the sky is a sign from the spirits. When the hunters die, as you know, they go into the sky, and they become the twinkling lights that we see. These are the souls of the spirits of the hunters, and they are happy. They have sent us a great boon, for this is the source of sky metal. Sky metal is a phenomenal, incredible, magical thing. It could help the clan greatly. I must consult with the owl spirit. However, we need an owl pellet. Gagok! Do! Come here! Oh, doof. Me doof. I don't like this. <clears throat> All eyes of the clan come on you. I think I think I think he's gonna send us. I think he's gonna send us to go get the sky metal. Hmm. Me saw. Me saw bird in sky on fire. No, that wasn't a bird. That was that was a star. That was a star. It just fell out of the sky. It was really. I don't know. I don't know why he's talking about you know ancestors or whatever. It's just. It's clearly a star that just got loosened from the heavens and fell. I mean, this Silence, like. come forward. Do not stand talking amongst yourself when the grandfather calls. Nolar looks at you all disgusted. I must have an owl pellet to speak with the spirits. Do not think I could not help but overhear you. Do not think so highly of yourself that I would ever consent to send you on a quest for this sky metal. No, I send you on a quest for an owl pellet. Perhaps if you can retrieve the owl pellet and bring it back to me here, you can redeem yourself a little bit in the eyes of the clan. 
We all know it is Nolar who will quest after the Sky Metal. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Grandfather. I, I made a game slightly. <laughs> well, you, you will go into the forest and retrieve the owl pellet. And of course, you know owl pellets are the things that owls leave behind, like fur, bones, and all the shit they can't digest. And he uses it to tell the future and to talk to the owl spirit. So, uh, all eyes again of the clan are on you as you are literally railroaded out of the dinner party <laughs> and into the forest to retrieve an owl pellet, which might be hard to find in the dark, but at least the owls are out now. Well, do. Have you seen an owl pellet before? Me think. Me me seen pellet, yes. Yeah, you guys have watched the uh, the grandfather do this ceremony many times in your life. And owls are very important to you. You guys probably know a lot more about owls than the average person. You've been to owl camp. <laughs> we started owl camp. <laughs> Can you make the call of a screech owl? Mm. This might become important later. Mm, yes, me, me screech. That is amazing. As I said, you live by a waterfall, and so you can imagine there's little rivulets and ravines and little creeks that kind of go up to the higher ground where the forest is. So you crept through there, making a few screech owl calls. And uh, both of you can make sense rolls, which will be equal to your IQ. You want to roll your IQ or less on three dice. I don't believe either of you have any advantages that would give you any bonus. I don't have any advantages at all. That's true, you do not. Well, I failed. I succeeded by one by rolling a 13 with an I. Oh no, Mikey's only 12. Damn, I failed by one. Oh, well, you guys don't know what you... You, you look around for hours and you don't find an owl pellet. The thought of going back without one is... is, uh... Um... Shameful, mm. embarrassing. Me have smart idea. Me think, make look like owl pellet. Owl pellet. Me me gather, mm. me gather bones and feathers. Well, we we need some fur. We need some fur as well. Me wearing fur. That's true. If we could find. You know, a small rodent of some kind. We could eat it. Well, we could eat it. I'm still hungry. After all, we didn't. All the good cuts of Orok were taken at dinner by the time they let us in. I think I had to eat the asshole. <laughs> anyway, uh. Hmm. Hey, I just made some secret sense rolls for you guys. And, uh. uh this time, um, I actually wrote a critical failure for Gagog on this, but uh, Doof, uh, as as Gagog is talking, uh, and you guys are pondering this idea of making a fake owl pellet, you just hear a rustle in the underbrush nearby, and suddenly looming up out of the, the overgrowth around you, and you hear a low guttural growl, and there is the hideous visage of a big cave hyena. Now, hyena normally just doesn't attack people, you know this. It's more of a scavenger, even this big cave hyena. But sometimes there's a really old one that gets driven away by its pack and it gets desperate. 
and it's standing like in between you and the ravine that leads back to home, growling under its throat of you. You don't know if you could take it or not. Like I say, these cave hyenas that get driven away and actually get desperate enough to attack people, usually old, maybe even sick. What do you do? What would be your first instinct? You guys would act, by the way, in order of your move scores, but they might be the same. So Mine is only six. Okay, I think his is six as well. So yep. we're going to go with who has the higher decks, which is probably Gagalk. <sighs> well, Gagalk's much more of a fisticuffs type of guy, but uh, I don't think that's going to fly with the, this hyena. So instead, he's going to slash at it with his stone knife. Well, that is very, very brave. And you uh, step into contact with the thing, and it growls back at you. And go ahead and make your attack with your stone knife. Well, my uh, I don't have the skill. It defaults to 10, and I rolled a 10. That is beautiful. And so uh, your damage for your stone knife is... What? Uh... Swing minus one, which is 1d minus one. I rolled a five, which makes it a four. Okay, there we go. Now, the cave hyena has a bit of damage resistance, of course. And he will take three of that damage. But a stun knife is a cutting weapon, so it will do an extra 50% damage. Rounding down, I guess that, what, brings it back up to four? <laughs> it does. Yeah, all right, so... There we go. This girl's combat. And the uh, the cave hyena takes four hits. Well, very nice. First turn. Now, uh, Doof, can you be as equally heroic as your partner, Gagalk? Yeah, I will use my spear and spear at it. All right. Stepping forward, you thrust at the hideous cave hyena. Mangy too. It does look sick. Its eyes are yellowed around the edges. And I do hit. There you go. Let's see. And that would be four damage. Okay, and I actually let the hyena try to dodge because I forgot he could, but he didn't. So you'll take, th- again, three will go through because he uh, soaks one of it with his DR. But. It's an impaling weapon, so it's going to double. So you do six hits to the cave hyena, if I'm not mistaken. Therefore, before the cave hyena has even gotten to go, he's already taken ten hits of damage. And yet he still has life left in him. Maybe if he were, uh, if he had anything left to live for, he would hesitate. But he either kills you or he does not eat. And so the cave hyena lashes out at the target that hurt more, which was the spear. And he takes a, tries to take a huge bite of you, doof. And he rolls a 13. And uh, he actually, that is actually going to bite you. And he will do only 1d damage of cutting damage with his teeth. And... Uh, so he does five points of damage to you, five hits with his disgusting, slobbery, dirty mouth. 
And I believe you're going to soak two of that because you have the advantage of toughness and you have the furs. Yep. So that means three get through, but he has a bonus of 50% rounded down for four total hits is what you take. Luckily, I think your buddy knows a little medicine. He knows a little old school first aid. But this this cave hind is clearly shaky. And uh, uh, Gagalk, do you wish to do anything? I'm going to try to finish him off. I thought you might. Uh, once again with my swing of my uh, stone knife. And that will be an eight, which will hit unless he dodges. I think I will let him try to dodge that, but he doesn't. He has an eight dodge, and he's so far rolled in the teens every time he's tried. Oh, but uh, that's just going to be a total zero. Oh, well, and uh, I think you always do at least one. Well, it's, but it's with. It, I mean, so it's 1D minus one. But he'll soak minimum it. one, he's going to soak it, yeah. Right, but he does soak it. Yes, he does, and... Uh, Gagalk, maybe, or I'm sorry, Doof, maybe you can step in and all right, this, this hyena and put it out of its misery. Uh, you wanted me to remember something about... Uh, That's absolutely right. When we get you, hit... Uh, yeah, you, you're at a minus four to attack this round only. Okay. Well, I will attempt to strike him with my spear... Um, well, that still hits. All right. <clears throat> so. He, he's not chosen all out defense, so he can't dodge again. Ooh. That would be eight damage. Well, congratulations. You two have. Maybe you can redeem yourself a little bit. You have killed a cave hyena. And like I said, it's old, mangy. You guys don't like to eat meat-eating animals generally because they taste bad. You like to eat animals that, you know, that eat vegetation. But uh, maybe the fur could be the, the skin will definitely be worth something. You guys basically skin is like money to you. You know, skin, animal skins. Um. Anyway. Uh, mm. Congratulations. Uh, probably I should have made that uh, cave hyena use an all-out attack on his last attack, but uh, that's okay. Now, of course, you're hurting a little bit. Would you like to uh, try to apply some, some first aid to your friend? Doof took one bite, is that right? Doof took one bite. Doof, come here. Let, let, me, see, let me see your wound. I will attempt to staunch the flow of blood. Me doof. And um, I succeed uh, with a nine. So I'm, I'm assuming we're tech level like one. <laughs> uh, zero, actually. Um, but uh, you have neutralized or partially neutralized any poison that might be in the bite, which would include disease. Remember I mentioned how nasty his mouth is. So you get it cleaned up to where there's not going to be an infection. Okay. And, uh, uh, but you stabilize him. He's it's he's not going to bleed anymore, or anything like that. It does not like immediately restore any hits to him. However, when you but, when we get back to the village, you will need to have the healer take a look. You have to have the, yeah, you have to have uh, the grandfather's 
uh, wife, who's a very powerful medicine woman. Take a look. This uh, hyena just came out of nowhere, like in the woods. Is, is there a like cave in sight that it came out of that we can see, or can we? Well, I'll maybe... assume that means you look around a little more. Yeah. Go ahead and make those sense rolls again. It's an IQ roll. Now my IQ is just too low. That time I rolled a 10. Okay, well, that's good. That's good, because you don't find any kind of cave. You do see the tracks where it came, and you can see it a little bit in any way where it came from, but you're stopped in the process because what you find is an owl pellet. Do find owl pellet. I don't think you found it. I think Gagog found it. Me do. Me find. (laughs) Well, I picked it up, and he's like, oh, I found it. Yeah. Now I assume true. Do, you, do you guys want to take the cave hyena back? I'll probably yeah. I'd probably take the time to uh, skin it and just bring the hide. We want to drag yeah. the whole damn thing. Okay. Anything we can do to to help our situation out? Yeah, I think uh, that's just an extra bonus. I'm gonna have you make an IQ roll. No, let's call it a survival roll. Survival roll to uh, skin it properly. Wow. I rolled a 13 and my survival is 16. Well, there you go. You gotta not, you, you'll have to you know, do a few more things to process this, obviously, before you can do anything with it. But you've got it off. And you haven't made any gross cuts in it that will ruin its value you know, as a possible garment or something like that. I'll assume you probably want to get back to camp after that. Remember, you were looking for hours in the first place. And then you found the hyena. And then luckily, maybe the gods are smiling on you because you found the owl pellet while looking for the cave. So, I'll assume you go back, and you know the way. This is your local area. And many people have fallen asleep, but as you come walking back into the camp, everyone stands up. People are waking each other up, and the grandfather stands. They see you carrying the the fur, though. I see you have run into trouble. Yes. No trouble for us. You have killed this cave hyena. Perhaps you have more spirit than I thought. But the real question is, have you brought the owl pellet? Me have. Doof tried to eat it, but I would not let him. I am not surprised. Nolar comes up, mighty hunters. That is an old hyena, he said. Is sick and driven away. It is no great feat. It's no great feat, he says. And of course, you know, he's got a, he's got his little posse of hangers on, right, and minions, and they're all pretending to not be impressed. You know, of course. Yeah, he's like the villain in a '80s ski movie. He totally is. <laughs> he, you can just picture him. Go ahead and just picture him as the dude from, you know, Karate Kid, the blonde guy. Yeah. He, he's I was actually worse. imagining Biff Tannen, but. You know what? That's ten times yeah, better. Yeah. That's ten times better. He's Biff Tannen. Biff is a good caveman name. But, <laughs> yeah. In fact, one of his posse is wearing like little 3D glasses. So, uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, it's GURPS. You can have weird time space anomalies. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, you guys uh, present the owl pellet to the, the old man, uh, the grandfather, and now everyone gets involved. Because everyone is gathering around, he gets into the firelight and he cuts open the alpine. He stirs around. And everybody's being completely silent. No one, no one should make any sounds. 
as he's calling on the spirit of the great owl. Suddenly, he looks up, absolutely shocked, almost horrified. And he's looking at both of you. He said, the great owl spirit has spoken. This is a momentous oracle. Gagalk and Doof must quest for the Sky Metal. What? Says Nolar. This is, this is fool. How dare you blaspheme? Says the grandfather, who, however, whatever he thinks of you guys, he, he believes the uh, Owlspirit. He's not going to listen to Nolar blaspheme the Owlspirit. Don't you blaspheme? He says to, uh, to Nolar, who shuts up promptly. I do not know why the Owl Spirit has spoken thus, but perhaps this is your chance to redeem yourself and become heroes in the eyes of the clan. Perhaps you will become real men after all. Me quest! I'd like to, uh, if, if it's not socially sort of unacceptable, I, I kind of like to <clears throat> take the grandfather slightly aside and, uh, Gagout, do you have words you wish to impart to me? I am curious how the uh, owl spirit came to this conclusion, and I am concerned that Doof will try to eat the sky metal. <laughs> you will not be able to digest the sky metal, and in worst case scenario, we will cut open Doof and take the sky metal from his body. These are my secret instructions to you, should he be so foolish as to eat the sky metal. I cannot tell you why the owl spirit has spoken thusly. Perhaps the owl spirit sees something in you that has remained hidden from me. Very well, grandfather. We will quest for the sky metal. Yes, but first, Doof is hurt. Me bitten. The medicine woman will make you the tea. And uh, over the, over the next hour or so, uh, they began. People began working on your hyena skin, and uh, they're not gonna be able to get it done and have it ready for you to wear out of here, you know, by tomorrow or anything. But someday you get it back. And uh, Doof, you drank a very very potent tea that the medicine woman gave you, and you were restored of two points of health. You're still not back up to completely full health, but you get two... I'm sorry. Yeah, you get two hits back. And... Both of you drift off to sleep. Of course, you guys sleep in... Uh, essentially, you know, there's several big, large rooms in the cave, like I said. Different families have their own hearth, their own little fire. But... Uh, you guys not being really attached to anyone generally sleep in a pile of other single people and older children. Uh, you guys probably still do things like groom each other, you know, know pick you know ticks and lice off of each other and things like that. But you fall asleep. One of the last thing you see is Nolar's jealous gaze. But you don't know what he's got to be so jealous about. He's going to get to stay home with uh, several beautiful... He's got a wife, and he's got like a second and a third wife as well. And at dawn, with grace ceremony, you are sent off on your way. And remember, says the grandfather, 
Be very careful of the flat-faced people. They're very bad people. They think they're so smart. And, and, uh, and, and if you see them, I would avoid them if at all possible. Or it may be that they wish to have the Sky Metal for themselves. And they are already numerous in the Southlands where you must go. Remember this. This Sky Metal is a very sacred thing. And he... So I remember I told you that my grandfather had once knew of the Sky Metal. And he takes out from a pouch a tiny piece of... It doesn't look like metal. It really looks like a hard black rock. But it's on a thong... Sky metal, like attracts like. This piece of sky metal will find the larger that has fallen. Which of you shall be take take the responsibility of carrying this precious bit of sky metal that I possess from my medicine bag? Well, I think you should give it to me, grandfather. For Doof will try to eat it. I think you are correct. And he hands you the small bit of sky metal, which you can put around your neck, or you can... Because it's basically made to be worn like a necklace. He hasn't been wearing it that way. He's kept it hidden in his medicine bag. But do you want to wear it around your neck, or do you want to put it away? For now, uh, he will put it around his neck. Um, Later, he might uh, get a branch and try to use it like a dowsing rod or something. And, uh, again, no lar looking on with envious eyes as you put that around his neck this, this, as you put that around your neck this this essentially great treasure do not lose that Gagalko you will bring the clan great shame in fact if you do not get the sky metal perhaps it will be best if you do not come back at all if we do not see you in the time the three moons come and go I will send Nolar to look for you Nolar says something in the background, and uh, his his posse laughs. He makes some remark. But after a quick look from the grandfather, he quiets off. Do you have anything to say to the clan before you go? Hmm. Me doof. What's Nolar's wife's name? Her name is Sela. I'm debating something. And I'm not going to do it. Never mind. Well, are you sure? Because I know that your character has the impulsive disadvantage. Oh, that's true. God damn it. <laughs> I will come back a great hero, Scylla. Then you will marry me. Do not speak to her that way. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Said Nolar. And uh, with, with waves and, uh, and uh, a few... Words of farewell, I'll assume you uh, head off into the morning mist. And you guys have taken some things with you. I know that you have a few belongings which are on your character sheets, but, uh, you know, you're not rich men. You've got the furs you're wearing, you've got leggings, you've got, uh, you know, skins wrapped around your feet with thongs that serve well enough as shoes. It's cold, but when you're moving like this, it, it heats the body up, and you guys are capable of traveling for long distances, even jogging and running. For long, long periods of time, you're relatively hardy folk. You also have a traveling, uh, some travel rations that you guys have. It's called mash, which is like a mixture of oats and meat scraps and grease and berries and nuts. It's sort of like a, a 
a mushy trail mix that you can eat. But that that doesn't uh, satisfy in the long run. But you move south for a few days. Uh, You get out of the forested regions after a while to where it's just constant heavy pine forest into an area with smaller trees and it is in the the autumn and so there are actually uh, quite a few fruit trees You you can supplement your diet with that and then in the distance in the south you can see there's some great plains but on the third day of this travel you run out of food it's been cold enough you need to make a fire at night but you guys know how to make fire yeah, me like fire. You don't need it to cook because you've been eating your mash. Which uh, you say we run out of after a few days, yeah. Yeah, after about three days, though, the, the, the mash runs out. And that being said, though, you've just about reached its morning on the third day, let's say, when you eat the, the rest of your mash. And you've also been moving slowly downhill over time as you move out of the big, heavy pine forests mm-hmm. and into the more deciduous forests. There's been a lot of little icy creeks and streams that are running down in the same direction that you are moving. Me detect slope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I can detect slopes on both of you guys' foreheads. But um, that being said, though, now the plane, now the, I say you can see planes beyond the deciduous forest, which is not as thick. And there are tall, waving grasses out there, and you can see off in the distance. A herd of gazelles. Mm, your mouth's water as you see the gazelle. You could also try to trap some food around here, something smaller like a rabbit, you know. Um, I'll let you guys figure out how to get food, but you're definitely going to want to get food. You know why? Because you're cavemen, and there's a constant struggle is filling your belly. Struggle is real. Yes, it is. Well, doof, I quickly grew weary of the berries and nuts. Although I never did get weary of burying all the way to my nuts and Lars' wife. <laughs> Me no understand. But uh, if you'd like to, uh, I think we're going to have to hunt or trap some food. Do you have mm-hmm. any references? Hmm. Me like hunt. Hmm. Me, me throw rocks. Well, you can do quite a bit of damage with a thrown rock if you can get close enough to those gazelles, especially if you get like a small one. You know, a, a young gazelle would be fine for both of you. But uh, that's one option. It's certainly an option. Just remember, uh, the, the grasses are very tall. If you could uh, get close, get, you know, make sure you're. Uh, the wind is in the right direction, and you guys understand a lot of that intuitively, you know. I think a gazelle is probably significantly more than uh, we really need. Um, yeah, but like I say, there's little ones. But you could also get some rabbit, make a trap. Just, I think you probably you might be better at hunting than making a trap. I'm a pretty good survivalist. Um, I don't know if that is the appropriate skill for that. Um, I think it would be. But deadfall traps are pretty simple to make. Uh, or at least I've seen Les Stroud do it a million times. Okay. Um, and really primitive. Both options are certainly available to you. And your stomachs growl <laughs> as you try me. to make the decision. Because both have their pros and cons. Mm, me. 
me conflicted. Me, me trap, Brock. You would you like to try to go ahead and put together a deadfall trap to get a rabbit or something like that? Gagulk. I mean, I don't really have any bait. Is the problem because we ate all of our food? I, I didn't think of that. So I suppose I'm gonna. I can assume maybe that I said you guys are eating all the food. Maybe it was like that last bite of food as you're about to put it in your mouth. You did say you were a little smarter and more forward-thinking than most of the clan. You might have think, wait a minute. Maybe yeah. I need this for bait. And he'd probably then... I mean, I'd, he'd probably set up like three or four different deadfall traps along, you know, um, what appear to be, uh, you know, rabbit trails or whatever. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to roll this secretly for you. What is your survival skill? It is 16. How many did you say you set up? Probably four. Okay. Well, you're in great luck because after five hours, you have three beautiful large rabbits. Me caught rocks. <laughs> Good work. You got you got two rabbits and one ground squirrel. Well, I will uh, clean those up, uh, skin them, and. Uh, Put them on sticks, <laughs> roasting over the uh, the fire. Gonna have some uh, great barbecue. Sounds great. Well, you guys uh, make the fire, and of course it is around midday by now. And uh, do you want to continue on across that plain with uh, the hours of daylight that are left, or do you want to stay here and camp for one more night and then go? Um, how difficult would it be to travel for a few more hours and then just I mean just you know set up camp again when it gets dark not at all it's just I mean, easier to camp in the woods than it is in the plains yeah that's true we, we might want it uh, I have to do the talking for doof uh, yeah but um yeah, we might want to uh, try to make it so that we can uh, spend that we won't have to camp at all in the in the plane, uh, and hopefully just spend the entire day moving across it or however long it takes. But well, it's been a few days too. We think one more night of sleep, you just might be back to your full health too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you don't know sure how long it would take to cross the plane, but you both have kind of a natural aversion to uh, camping on, on the plains. It's not that there's not clumps of trees here and there either, but uh, uh, good to rest up. Get your bellies full. You know, you, you're going to have more than enough. You probably have enough meat for the next couple of days, you know, from two big rabbits. Unless you guys just eat like crazy. There's plenty of fruit around too, you know, here in the forest. You could gather up some fruits, spend the rest of the day... You know, replenishing your food bags for the journey. Doof is gonna stuff his cheeks like a chipmunk. <laughs> well, I got all his fruit, that. fruits and nuts in his cheeks. <laughs> well, now something I did not ask because it hasn't really come up yet is when you do bed down for the night. Have you guys? Uh, you've been in lands of your own people so far, but 
except for the last day or two. And these are not clan lands. You're starting you snuggle. to snuggle. Strange places. Well, I'm curious. Are you like staying up? Like, are you guys taking turns keeping watch? Back home, one person, usually someone who's being punished, usually one of you two, has to stay up all night and like make sure the fire doesn't go out because it's a pain in the ass to get it going again in the morning. That's but you know you also might want to keep an eye out for animals. So basically, classic adventure question: Are you guys taking a watch? You I think I think we should. I <clears throat> I agree that we should, but I also. kind of think that what what uh, Gagok would do anyway is tell Doof that he was going to take a watch and then like set up a perimeter of uh, like around the camp to uh, so that if any creature larger than you know a rabbit or something would like like a make a large stone fall and <laughs> make noise or something you know like a to uh, you know, alert us, um, and then just go to sleep. Well, I think it's classic time of when I should make the survivalist roll too for you to to set all that up. And I think it would take a while to do. So you might as well get started. But I have made that roll, and if you succeeded, then you should be warning. You have a sixteen, right? Is your skill? Uh, yes. You're you're very skilled in surviving in the wilderness. So you guys go to sleep. And suddenly in the night, you hear the sound of a great stone falling and a loud voice cry out in surprise. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> you hear another one uh, yell and you're both instantly awake. And in the edge of your firelight, you can see two hairy men and then a third come up. These are the hairy people. They live up in the mountains. They live in remote places. You guys hate them. You kill them whenever you find them. They're like you, but they're very hairy and they're stooped over further. And... One of them comes running in, like almost like a kamikaze move, running in, screaming at the top of his lungs. He's not running at you, he's running at your fire. You think they want to steal your fire. But I think it's a really good place to go ahead and wrap up this uh, this episode for tonight. Pre-Prometheans, eh? <laughs> yes. So, the, before you tangle with the pre-Prometheans, you want to steal fire from the, well, certainly not the gods. But you two. Yeah, we'll wrap it up for tonight, and we will return next week with more GURPS Ice Age. Thank you very much, and good night, Jerome. Yes, good night. Bye.